Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping business owners maximize the success of their business through risk management tools and resources. It's like having a great offensive line for your business, just thwarting off risks and things that could potentially cost your bottom line. Find out how Federated can help your business by going to federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. We got Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, sad Packer fan, Spencer Tollickson at 11, and we will check in with Packer Post Game Radio as well in a couple minutes here. Mackie, now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? doesn't matter now. It matters when, at the end of the year, that's the only time I care about it. Right now, we're just trying to compile as many wins together as we can and add them up at the end of the year. Oh, it technically it doesn't matter, but come on, Mike that Zimmer. That was, by the way, that question elicited from Brad Childress a few years ago, the response, I drank a vodka uh, the size of your head. Uh, that was the same question. Uh, How does it feel to be alone in first place for the first time in your coaching career? The Packers have lost three straight. The Vikings have won five straight, so they're up by a game. Here's the most important thing. You know, division will be nice, and we'll see what happens. Packers-Vikings this weekend. The Vikings are now three games up on a playoff spot. So they're seven and two. All of the wildcard teams, the aspiring wildcard teams on the outside looking in at five losses. So barring an epic meltdown, knock, well, on, knock on wood, <laughs> knock on wood. There you go. Thanks for jinxing it. Yeah. This is uh this is sort of happening, this playoff thing. And this is I think this is all happening much quicker than most people thought in this town. And we are, I think, going to get this question on a regular basis now. Is this for real? I would say two things. One is let's wait for Sunday when the Vikings play the Packers. And if they win that game, they will be essentially three games up in the division. But the other thing is it is for real in one sense, in my mind, definitely. Defense. This defense is a top five defense. This defense has shown you week in and week out everything it possibly can that now leads you to believe that this is an elite defense. And by the way, they are now, after uh, the win in Oakland yesterday, number one in the National Football League in points allowed per game in the good 17.1 points per game. This is the type of defense that we haven't seen in this town in ages. Well, you uh, you bring up the question, the is this for real question. I always hate those sort of black and white is it this or is it this there are there are shades of contention in the NFL you've got the New England Patriots at the top i would put the Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals kind of you know right right below the Patriots 
Uh, as far as is it for real the Vikings are a playoff team? Yes. I mean, just look look at the landscape right now with less than two months to go in the regular season, mm-hmm. month and a half to go. Uh, so I, I think what we're finding out after the first nine games, we spent most of the season trying to figure out what is this offense? Is it Adrian Peterson? Are they? Is it? Is this a take the training wheels off Teddy Bridgewater? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer is it's Adrian Peterson's offense. Bridgewater has been mostly mediocre to bad the last few weeks, and we can talk a lot more about him as we go forward here on the show. But defense and running the ball and a quarterback who just sort of has to not screw it up is a formula that's worked for the Ben Roethlisberger Steelers 10 years ago. Yep. The Joe, well, I was going to say the Joe Flacco Ravens. It also worked with the Trent Dilfer Trent Ravens. Trent Dilfer Ravens won a Super Bowl off the that. Russell yeah. Wilson Seahawks. This is a formula that a lot of teams use to uh, to win divisions, get to the playoffs. Yep. It's not uh, maybe the ideal formula, but when you have a young quarterback, it's the only formula that you can really go with. It's This is what they have to do right now. I would say this. It, it's a good formula. It's not a sexy one. You're not watching these games right now thinking to yourself, oh man, high-flying Vikings, this is fun. However, if you want to get to the postseason and win, I would almost rather have a formula that starts with defense because if you can stop teams, you'll be fine. They, The Vikings showed yesterday in my mind, what they did yesterday in, I believe, the third or fourth when Blair Walsh missed that 39-yard field goal. And you said to yourself, okay, if you follow the Vikings for a long time, Phil, this is this is problematic. Oakland's going to drive down that field, and they're going to score a touchdown, and something's going to go wrong. There's going to be a bunch of 15-yard penalties. And what, happened? And, yeah. and what happened? Three and out. So if you can base this around the fact that your defense is good, that's a huge place to start. I would say uh, it, it's, it's sort of it's an odd feeling to watch the Vikings defensively mm-hmm. and not have this creeping fear in the back of your head. Oh, when when's the other shoe gonna drop on this? What or what's gonna happen here? You know, when's the quarterback, when's Derek Carr gonna hit a fifty yard pass? <laughs> or when is when when's there gonna be some boneheaded penalty? Mm-hmm. This team doesn't really commit penalties relative to the rest of the league. And they're just they're very un Vikings like. <laughs> it's is a very un Vikings like team. It's a new world. Ding ding. Adrian Peterson is loose. See ya think anybody will catch yeah. up to Adrian yeah, Peterson. Wow. It's a Viking touchdown of 80 yards. Hey. Chris Myers did it not once, but at least twice or three times. Copyright. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, let's hear it again. So if you can hear it. Adrian Peterson is loose. <laughs> See ya. I don't think anybody will catch up to Adrian Peterson. It's a Viking touchdown of 80 Wow! 200, hey. 203 yards, including that uh, that touchdown run to ice the game late for Peterson. I, I'll give him this. We all, or at least I did, speaking for myself, you expected at the age of 30 that he would slow down somewhat. I, I don't think he's as quick as he used to be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He has still been the focal point of this offense, and it's given the Vikings time to allow Bridgewater to either struggle or work through things. But I said in week one, you've got to make a decision on whose offense this is. Well, right now, it's Adrian Peterson's okay, offense. Can we? Okay, we're sitting here. The Vikings are 7 and 2. Yep. They've got a bunch of competitive teams on their schedule Packers and Seahawks and Cardinals. Can we please be done with Chris Myers' purgatory? Oh, I know. Look at the schedule and tell me, is there a game left that deserves a Chris Myers, Rondé Barber broadcast booth? Every game this season, except for the Tom Brenneman game and the CBS games, I think have been Chris Myers purgatory games. The Vikings, I feel like Vikings and Raiders yesterday shouldn't have been a Chris Myers purgatory (laughs) game. Couple teams, playoff contention on the rise. Burkhart 
I don't care. Perhaps just all, they're all not listen. too bad. How about nobody? How about just watch the game and come to your own conclusions Vikings on the play-by-play? Fan, Vikings fan will be far more offended, I think, though, on Sunday when they get Buck and Aikman because they default to hating Buck so much. But I'm with you. Enough of Chris Myers. Getting Chris Myers means you're not relevant. At 7-2, and two, you have to be considered relevant. Now, they're not a flashy 7-2. and two. They're sort of like the whenever the Titans are 7-2, and two, or the Jaguars are seven and two. Yeah, it's there's it's not appointment viewing. They're on Monday Night Football, and it's like, oh, the Titans and they're, actually the Titans and Jaguars are playing this Thursday night against each other. It's <laughs> still going to do a nine share, by the way, on NFL Network. Uh, so may, maybe maybe until the Vikings become sexier and throw the ball better, and just it's not going to happen for a, for 2015. Stuck with Chris Myers until the end of time. I just don't want it anymore. I've been calling for an end to Chris Myers for a long time. You know, let's do something here. Uh, let's check in. So the, the, the I, I've looked at the spread. There's an early lineup for this game, Packers and Vikings. Yep. I think if this spread were set a few weeks ago, it would have been Packers as road favorites by maybe three, four, or five. If if you took the 6-0 and Packers before they lost at Denver, at Carolina, and now home against the Lions for the first time in 24 years and just look like kind of a train wreck, they can't get anything going offensively, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Vegas would have said, Five, four and a half, five, five and a half yeah. point road favorites for the Packers. Yeah. Uh, we are on footballlocks.com and other websites have this as a pick'em. A pick'em game at TCF Bank Stadium, which means Packers slight favorites, but the home field advantage gives this uh gives it uh the Vikings an advantage for for the pick'em. So just a lot of things are happening poorly at Lambeau Field, Green Bay. Let's check in right now with Green Bay Packers post game radio, WSSP, and see how they're handling things. The Packers right now trying to win this thing. And blocked. uh blocked. Was it blocked? <laughs> yeah, it was blocked. And that's it. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers fall to the Detroit Lions by a score of 18 to 16. And for the first time since 1991, the Detroit Lions came into Green Bay and they walk away with a victory. I need some answers because this is embarrassing to walk around in my Packers gear in Louisiana. Everybody wants to call me a Packers fan, and then they want to lay it on me real good on this Sunday. The Packers lost three in a row to the Lions, the actual worst team in the league. Come on, man. Go, Pack, go. Oh, Packers oh. post game. Oh, Packers post game. They're reeling, man. They want changes. Uh, I have a Twitter account pulled up, at JS Comments. These are actual comments from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel website, pulled from Packers postgame columns and articles. Mm-hmm. Watched Rodgers pregame. He was smiling, laughing, and joking with other players. Didn't strike me as an attitude he should be having. Ooh. I wouldn't right. mind finishing 6-10 and 10 if MM and TT are shown the door. Mike McCarthy and Ted <laughs> Thompson. Fire the GM and coach. A-Rod needs to choose Munn or the Packers. It's your gal oh, so or the it's football the, oh, team. it's Olivia. That's her. F- okay. He put up a terrible performance for the third week in a row, and he's worried about a drunk fan in the crowd. What a baby, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Any chance Favre suits up Thanksgiving night? Okay. That just hit on what I can't wait for. I want to see the Vikings win on Sunday so bad because they're going to officially retire Favre's number four on Thanksgiving night at Lambeau Field. Oh, that's happening. Yeah. Can you imagine if they're on, what, a four-game losing streak? That'd be pretty fun. And Favre comes back 
And then they're going to ask Favre, what do you think's wrong? And he's not going to be able to help himself. Here's more comments. I still hate Favre for the way he ended with the Packers, but wouldn't blame Rodgers for wanting to bail as well. I wish the Packers had an owner, all caps, and this crap everybody owns garbage. End this crap, I think he meant. Uh, spelling errors, shocking on the JS <laughs> uh, comments I'm Twitter dr- account. I'm drunk. We need one owner who will hold every single person accountable. But hey, all 400,000 of you get to f- go and have free bagels once a year at Lambeau Field. It's great. You people have had two quarterbacks, essentially, since 1992. You've won Super Bowls. You've been relevant almost every single season. And now something goes a little bit wrong. And they all want to just big chip. Fire the coach. Fire the GM. Aaron Rodgers isn't taking it seriously. By the way, uh, I think, what's Rodgers? Like 30, 31? Yeah, he's run Early 30s, 30, 31. Let's let's call him 31 years old, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I think Vikings fans would trade Teddy Bridgewater's next seven years for Aaron Rodgers. So if you want to sell your Aaron Rodgers stock across the border, I'll buy some. I'll buy some Aaron Rodgers stock. I love it. They're six and three they and already owner. burning down I the stadium. I love that. This, you know what? Too many chefs in the kitchen. We got to have an owner now. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, we have Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com at 930. Spencer Tollickson, the sad Packers fan. Also the Gopher basketball radio analyst. He'll join us at 11 o'clock. We can just play sad violin music behind that for like 10 minutes. Uh, but let's come back. The Vikings are, are playing a style of football that's very unfamiliar unless... You're older than I am for sure, and maybe even a little older than you are. That's a scary thing. This is, this is very, uh, very new to many of us. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Well, that didn't take you long, did it? On 1500 ESPN. Ready for another chance to earn points and score some amazing prizes? Your 1500 ESPN rewards. Listen and win code is revealed now. Collect points and grab prizes. 1,500 ESPN awards. 1,500ESPN.com. 100 points can be yours today. Just have to get that code word in there, and you can use the points to enter to win a Cirque du Soleil fall prize pack, including headphones and a car charger. Today's code word for 915 first, F-I-R-S-T, first, as in first place. Enter correctly. Get rewarded for listening. It's just that easy. 1,500ESPN awards. 1,500ESPN.com. Oh, almost! we almost got duped by this. This, this- happened to me. Uh, in, in fact, I almost got duped when the Adrian Peterson trade rumors were going around. Do you remember? I saw a fake account that said he'd been traded to Dallas, and you saved my bacon. Well, you get, yeah, it's, this is why if, you have, uh, if you're a Twitter geek, you got to create lists on TweetDeck. So you know if Adam Schefter sends a tweet out that doesn't show up in your NFL list, if it mm-hmm. shows up in some other list, it might be fake. So uh, some national guys are retweeting at... It's at Uncle Chaps, but his name is Adam Schefter on here. <laughs> it's like some guy with 5,000 followers who poses as Adam Schefter. <laughs> so this this is the report, but it's not really a report because it's a fake account. Yeah. Broncos to sign Tim Tebow as early as this afternoon, according to Mort Report and me. <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being yeah. epic shock, you know, like the highest magnitude of shock, and 1 being, huh. How shocked would you be if Peyton Manning were out? He's got the the and the, 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 the torn foot ligament, yeah, and they did sign at uh, Tim Tebow. Nine and a half. You'd be shocked. I I think it's more like a five for me. I wouldn't be nine that shocked. and a half. If Denver brought if John Elway, who went to such great lengths that he did to basically watch Tebow win football games and say this guy can't be my quarterback, if John Elway signed off on bringing Tim Tebow back, it'd be a nine and a half for me. 
He worked way too hard to get rid of Full Tim circle, Tebow man. to actually bring Tim Tebow back. No, who's the last quarterback before Peyton Manning to lead the Broncos to a playoff victory? I know it's Tim Tebow. Hey, his best game came at the Metrodome against the Vikings. I saw it. Oh, is it ugly? Hey, it's been about five minutes. We should do this again. We don't want to go too long between checking in with Packers post game radio. How are they handling things across the border? I know a lot of you want to make changes. I know a lot of you want to see people fired at this point. I know there's the talk of, please bring back Joe Philbin, get rid of Tom Clemens, McCarthy take the play calling back, Dom Capers has to go, Ted Thompson needs to be fired immediately for the lack of talent they put on this field. Did we overestimate this team? Yeah, you did. Go, back, go. Oh, man, there are a lot of ledge jumpers across the border right now. A lot of ledge jumpers. Anybody that thinks that... People overreacting in this town to the Vikings. All you have to do is watch the Packers lose a few games. And as I told you before, you talk about a spoiled fan base. They've had some bad teams since 92, but it's few and far between. You've had, count them, two quarterbacks, basically. Unless Rodgers is hurt, which he was a couple years ago. You've had two starting quarterbacks. And I love the fact that their default position, three losses. We draw the line. We lost to Detroit. Fire Ted Thompson, fire McCarthy, fire the offensive coordinator, fire somebody. Although, I will say, the Detroit Lions so desperately wanted to give the Packers that game, and the Packers wouldn't let them. Yeah, what happened? Calvin Johnson's out there. He's doing the Brandon Bostic thing where the ball bounces off your hands. Was he supposed to touch that ball? I think he's supposed to grab the ball. It looked like it was flying out of bounds. I don't know. I think he was the hands team guy that was supposed to grab the ball. But the Detroit Lions are the Lions again, and they still beat the Packers. That was headed to be the most Lions loss in the history of the Lions. Of all the ways the Lions have blown games, of all the scenarios, you just wiped out your front office. No one expects you to cut. I thought that was going to be an Aaron Rodgers revenge game for sure. Mm -hmm. This is everyone's down on the Packers. He's going to go throw for 350 and four touchdowns. And uh, they're going to have backup quarterback in. Joel St- is Stave still their backup quarterback? Who? Who's the Packers? Tolzien. Tolzien. I get the Stave's the, oh, the, the current quarterback. quarterback. They're all interchangeable. Currently. Brooks Bollinger. Tolzien is the uh, right. Packers backup quarterback right uh, now. I thought for sure revenge game for the Packers. And when it turned out to be the opposite, and the Lions still almost found a way That's to the give thing. the Packers. The Lions were desperately trying to say, no, you take it. You take it. We don't want to win. And the Packers wouldn't let them. The best compliment I can give the Vikings right now is... They have so many things that drive you crazy still in the games. Bridgewater refusing to throw the ball forward for like 90 minutes yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't throw a pa- unless he was throwing the ball away. I don't think he threw a pass three yards past the line of scrimmage in the second and third quarters. It was play action. He had all day to throw probably nine or ten different times. Didn't throw the ball down the field. Offensive line is still kind of a sieve, uh, you know, at least in half the dropbacks it seems. There's all these little things that kind of Anderson Dejo getting torched a couple times. Dropped just, touchdown just, pass by Kyle Rudolph on yep. the uh, play in the end zone. Despite Easy all of these things, yep. this team still grinds out win after win after win. It's the best compliment I can give them. They overcome adversity more than any team in recent Vikings history. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just sort of they, they find ways to lean on their defense and get it done just enough offensively so far. And that's the difference, in my opinion, and this is a team, this is a style of play that we haven't seen from the Vikings on a consistent basis probably since the 70s. In the 80s, the Vikings had some defenses that were pretty good, but you name me the last time that you watched a Vikings team and you you said to yourself, 
if they're going to win this game, it's going to be with defense. Starting in 98, my contention is this. The Vikings fan base, the makeup of the Vikings fan base changed greatly because of Moss in 98. And the reason was because so many people said, this is so much fun to watch. We got a quarterback that can throw a ball to an elite wide receiver. It's a high-flying offense. Yeah, the defense might bend a lot, but this offense can score points with teams game for game for game. And really starting at that point and until the last couple of years, what did you see? You saw defenses. How many times did they break down at the end? Something went wrong. Big completions. And you said to yourself, oh, man, yeah, that stunk. Well, the game was fun to watch. The end result wasn't fun to watch. This is a case where the games aren't fun to watch, but this defense is so stout and is so good. And I really don't think – I I would say that we haven't seen a defense this good since sometime in the 80s, and we haven't seen a defense consistently this good since Grant in the 70s. Well, I'm and I'm just thinking my lifetime, so going back to the mid-80s, I can't remember – a Vikings defense that was in the conversation for best in the NFL. They've been in the conversation for best run defense in the NFL. They had the best statistical run defense in the NFL for like three straight years. Mm-hmm. Under 80 yards per game, Pat Williams, the Williams wall, Kevin Williams. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, they trade for Jared Allen. You had Jared Allen, Ray Edwards, so they were rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. But they always had questionable secondary members. Right. You had Antoine Winfield, but then it was like Medea Williams yep. and uh, Cedric Griffin Marcus McCauley, all these sort of patchwork guys in the secondary. Mm-hmm. A couple third-round picks, fifth-round, just guys who just didn't work out. I can't remember in my lifetime a Vikings defense that was in the conversation for best in the NFL. And they are, If if I think I saw this right, if the Cincinnati Bengals allow at least 13 points tonight, the Vikings will still have the best scoring defense in the NFL going into Week 11 mm-hmm. next week. It's so weird to watch this. Is it a product in some ways of playing outside and it's just a little bit different, or is it all Mike Zimmer? Are they going to be like this when they're in a dome and it's more cozy and you're playing winter games in 75 degrees? I think they will be. I think it's more of a coach mindset yes. than than uh, a climate thing or a weather thing. This defense also has some really nice pieces and components to it, but largely to me what we're seeing is this is why Zimmer said last year, you've got to do what I tell you to do. I don't want you freelancing. You might think that you have a good idea, but you don't. If you look at how this defense runs, it's got some really nice players and pieces to it, but what's the biggest thing? This defense, it works. It flat out works. And for the most part, this team will give up, let's say, three big pass plays per game, but they don't get consistently gouged. I loved yesterday. In fact, I think it was uh, it was our buddy Myers who said, Something along the lines of, as Oakland moved down the field late in that game, oh, the Vikings are going to you know, be cautious here on defense, going to sort of a prevent defense. And Myers and Barber quickly realized they didn't change at all. I love the fact that Zimmer kept his defense. What drove you nuts about Leslie and even uh, Childress's defenses before that with Les and Tomlin? If they had a lead late in the fourth quarter, they would try and basically stop the big play. And so they would give up all these huge plays underneath. Yesterday, I thought it was fantastic. Zimmer doesn't change it. He doesn't care. He doesn't say, okay, I'm getting sort of concerned here, and I don't trust my players, because he knows the scheme works. So as a fan, maybe we can throw this out to Twitter. If you want to tweet us, at Phil Mackey or at 1500 ESPN Judd. Is this fun to watch? They're winning games. They're 7-2. and two. But for the most part, if I'm gauging my timeline and some of the live reaction yesterday, social media reaction, most Vikings fans were tortured for the majority of that game. Rudolph dropping a pass and 
Sendejo getting gashed a couple times over the top, missing out on plays where he could have knocked the ball away or intercepted a pass. And Bridgewater isn't progressing like David or like like David Carr. Like Derek, he actually is progressing <laughs> like, like David, David Carr. Carr, like uh, Derek Carr, like Blake Bortles. <laughs> he's not. I mean, something has kind of plateaued or gone the other way with him. Maybe maybe he was still foggy from the concussion. Yeah. It's possible, but. If it's if it's if they're the Wisconsin Badgers basketball team of the NFL, if it's just sort of grinded out 23-20, they did score 30 yesterday. Only uh they had the they had the kick return touchdown, so mm-hmm. it was like 23 points offensively. Are you cool? I mean, is that fun to watch as a fan or does it matter? Does, does it matter if it's fun for 3 hours if they get the win at the end? Is sort of the question. Who cares, right? Yeah, I mean I, I mean what I don't really you, have a, a horse in the race I guess. If I just, you want if you want style points and and great quarterback play, that would be fun and fantastic, but if you came to me at the start of the season and said this team can either either be pretty good offensively, the defense will be average and they'll still win some games or do you trust something that starts with a defense that that's really good? I go defense. In this league now, when it's all about shutting down quarterbacks, if you can contain offenses, I will start. We'll start with that, and they clearly had an idea that the the Peterson combination at this point would work, and that's why the interesting thing that I think that they've happened upon here too is this: where do you sort of um, halt mission on development a little bit? Bridgewater, Rhodes. There's a lot of young guys on this team that you would like to see improve. But do you continue to try to get them to improve, or do you say to yourself, "We're seven and two. Okay, but let's you, do but, what wins." But you're saying that you can't do both. I'm you, saying it's difficult to do both with with some players because schematically you have to make decisions based on what's best to try and win games. And see, I disagree with that premise because I think Bridgewater is going to get a lot more experience in huge games down the stretch, even if he's not being asked to throw the ball forty times. He's being asked. Hey, you're you're not going to be the one leading this charge all the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be asked to do some things late in games, but just don't screw this up right now. As, as long as the defense holds the right. team under 20 points, uh, you don't really have to do a whole lot. There's going to be a rushing touchdown in there somewhere. Uh, you learn a lot playing the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the Packers in meaningful games. And unless they blow this three-game lead they have on the uh, aspiring wildcard teams, mm-hmm. a playoff game. So that that's development in itself. Uh, but you know it's been about seven minutes. Meanwhile, over across the border in Green Bay, let's uh, let's check back in with Packers post game radio. See how the folks across the border are handling things after yesterday. Not good. Go Pack, go! I need some answers because this is embarrassing to walk around in my Packer gear in Louisiana. Everybody <laughs> wants to call me a Packers fan, and then they want to lay it on me real good on this Sunday. The Packers lost three in a row. To the line, the actual worst team in the league. Come on, man. Go, Pat, go! Oh, man, such a rough life over there. Super Bowls, Rodgers, Favre, two quarterbacks in 20 years, 6-3, and game out of the division lead. Fire everybody, It's really time to set it all on fire. Fire them all. Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, his crazy league game of the week, and uh, some breaking... Quarterback injury news when we come back with Kevin, too. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. You're both very special people. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, let's start here. Kevin Seifert joins us on Mondays at 9.30 from ESPN.com. Let's start with some breaking news from uh, your colleague, Adam Schefter. 
about an hour ago, sent out the tweet that Peyton Manning, we knew that he's been banged up. He had some kind of a rib cage thing. Uh, now the foot injury is worse than expected. It's a torn plantar fascia, which might help explain the 5-for-20 with four interceptions yesterday in a game where he broke the all-time yardage record but then was benched for Brock Osweiler, Kevin. Or it could just give a very convenient excuse for the Broncos to sit uh, Peyton Manning down given the kind of performances he's, he had yesterday and has had in some other games without, it making, without making it look like it was a complete benching either. Because apparently this has been an injury that he has dealt with uh, for a while. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those chronic things. It's not like you can uh, go in and have surgery for and miss a week or two. Uh, apparently his, it, it's a partial tear, and it's not really healed until it either until it heals after the entire offseason or you tear it completely. So sometimes you hear about guys hoping that it tears completely because then it's a lot less painful and easier to play with. And so uh, long story short, uh, that might explain a little bit of what's going on. Uh, you know, there's clearly some arm strength issues there, but if you can't step into the throw and you can't generate power, that all contributes. But it, it brings up the very real possibility that uh, Peyton Manning's time, at least in the short term, as the Broncos starter is over and that – their run to the playoffs and this uh, playoff window they have with uh, Peyton Manning and a lot of the veteran defenders that they've signed is going to be in the hands of one Brock Osweiler starting Sunday against the Bears. Hey, uh, Kevin, on the long list of uh, players uh, in this league who have stuck around a little bit too long and it's been sad to watch at the end, does what we saw yesterday rank number one in watching a guy who's a Hall of Fame quarterback who sets the yardage record on that day Looked just so pathetic. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The natural uh, comparison is Brett Favre that we all saw close up. And the difference there to me is, for whatever reason, maybe it was all those ankle injuries that, that Brett had, he couldn't move at all in that last year. And so he was just getting pummeled. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's always the guy that's going to try to hold the ball and make a play. And he used to move around a lot, but he couldn't move around anymore. And he was just getting just crushed, you know, the hit against the Bills. And then there was a couple other games, eventually the hit that, that ended his his career, really, on the frozen turf at TCF. And that was really tough to watch just from a physical standpoint and think, like, how many years of, of his life is he, is he losing just by playing this year? And so I don't know that Peyton has gotten beaten up by opponents this year, but it's it's been, uh, you know, tough to watch just knowing what he used to be capable of and what he appears to be capable of now. And I thought uh, Brian Burke, who does advanced analytics stuff for our, now for our website, had a really good column last night showing that these things usually happen quick, you know. And, and we've seen, you know, the Manning and then we saw Favre. You know, you could be going along just fine one season and as, as a Hall of Fame-type quarterback and you come back and, the, and your last season is just terrible. And he went back and looked at a bunch of – those instances, whether it was Joe Namath or, or <clears throat> excuse Johnny Unitas or anybody else who finished their career maybe one year later than they should have, and the drop-off is tremendous, and it's not always expected or signified in the stats. And so it appears as though that's what Peyton Manning is going through. He got back this year, and his body just never bounced back uh, completely from last year. And, and at his age, uh, there was already some limitations. And so certainly seems like we're seeing the final season of his career, and you wonder how many more starts he has left as well. The difference to me is this. The Favre thing was, boys, was sad to watch, uh, but to his last day, his arm was still great. As you just said, he didn't have the protection. So he got pummeled, but it wasn't like the arm was gone. 
Peyton has has never had the big arm, but there's something really sad to me about watching a quarterback look this feeble as far as trying to pass the ball. That's the difference between Favre and Manning in my eyes. Yeah, and and maybe you know sometimes it's just the weather. I mean, last week against Indy, he was he's in. A, I think they had the roof open, but the weather was pretty, and the turf and all that was pretty ideal for for throwing the football. And he had a decent game yesterday. He's in Kansas City on the grass. It's November and. You know, it's not, it was not uh, it was not quite the same, and so um, you know so maybe it's he's at the point where he needs everything to be exactly perfectly ideal for him to function as a as a as a quarterback. And when you look at the schedule they have coming up, especially Sunday's game in Chicago, who knows what the weather will be there this weekend? It's certainly the time of year where it starts getting bad. That does not seem like a good place to to play a guy whose arm is weakening and his and his foot doesn't allow him to get much power into the throws. Uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, NFL Nation. We also have the news in uh, with the Saints that Rob Ryan, the defensive coordinator, fat and burly and bearded Rex Ryan, as I like to refer to him, he's no out. Way to go through life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he uh, that guy can put down a probably a half plate of Buffalo wings uh, a couple times a day. Um, I, I, on the Vikings front, Kevin. Are you looking at this team as a legit, now this is a legit force in the NFC, they're sitting here three games up on a playoff spot, or are you still in wait-and-see mode? I mean, they're, good, they're almost certainly going to get to the playoffs unless they completely melt down here in the second half. Uh, or do you think they're still a year, maybe more away from making noise in the NFC? What's your read on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think they're legit right now. I mean, you know... Th- the, the the key is to be legit as you're going into the playoffs. There's nothing that's going on to suggest that what they're doing right now is some kind of house of cards, or that there's you know some kind of uh, you know connection between the wins they have now and that that's not going to exist in the in the second half of the season. I mean they're they're playing pretty well in all three phases, well enough to that if any one of them falls off, the other two might probably could pick up the defense. Uh, you know, when you look at the most important stat in defense is, is, is points allowed, and they're one of the best teams in the league there. The offense with, has the NFL's leading rusher, and the special teams has got uh, guys who can re, who who can return kicks for touchdowns at any given point, um, whether it's punts or kickoffs, and also um, a field goal kicker who, as long as you're right now, as long as you're not kicking from 53 or you're not kicking, uh, uh, you know, off off tough soggy Oakland grass is, is more than capable of, of winning a, a championship for you. And so I, I think they're, they're a very well-rounded team that, you know, they're, they may not run away with a lot of victories. Yesterday was a, you know, one where they closed it out and, and won by more than a few points. It hasn't happened too often, but you know, you look at, you look at them, but you also look at what's around them and there's nothing to suggest that right now that they're going to, they're going to fold or they're going to, what they've done so far is anything other than legit. Has there been a time uh, in in the period in which you've closely watched the Vikings, Kevin, when you remember this defense being this complete? It's been good against the run at times, but do you ever remember watching a Vikings team, team and thinking to yourself, they could win this game solely based on their defense? No, I, mean, I remember the first year of Mike Tomlin, how much improvement they made. That would have been 2006. I mean, they had the last year or so of the Mike Tice regime, the defense was really bad, and and Tomlin came in with his approach and changed everything up and, and, and got a lot of players to play better than they had before. And so the, note, the change that from 05 to 06 was dramatic. But I don't think that they were as much as kill, of killers as this defense is right now in terms of having guys at every level who can make plays, but also, um, you know, we're not, as a group, not really giving up a whole lot. I mean, they, don't, they haven't had any games where they gave up 
you know, 35, 40 points, at least as a defense. And so um, that they're, they're very sound and, and they're smart. And they, what they've really done, and, and I almost, and we kind of almost joked about this, when, when Zimmer got hired, it was as if they talked about, you know, he talked about himself and they talked about him as if he was sort of a defensive savant, that like <laughs> he was not doing anything different than anybody else, but he had this special way of, of, of calling a defensive game and a special way of teaching defensive players that was better than everyone else. And so I kind of laughed at that because I don't know that there's really, if that really exists or not, but whatever it's been, uh, Zimmer has put the Zimmer touch on this defense. It's happened everywhere else he's gone, and sure enough, it's happened here as well. Kevin, uh, we do this every week. Uh, let's fire this up, Judd. It's a crazy league. It, uh, it's, a, it's a crazy I'm no good at this. Let's bring in Kevin Seifert and have him tell us just why this last week in the NFL proves it's a crazy league. All right, give it to us. Your crazy league game of the week, Kevin Seifert. I don't know if we can go anywhere further than Green Bay, which is where we were last week as well, where I got completely wrong. I think last week I said everyone should calm down about how the Packers had lost to the Broncos and the Panthers, given how good they are. But, you know, as everyone knows, the Lions had not won at Lambeau Field for, for almost two decades. There's only a couple guys on on the Lions roster who were even alive when it, when it happened, or at least could remember when it happened. And... In covering the NFC North for so long, there's been so many years when the Lions have brought legitimately good teams to, to Lambeau that you thought actually had a reasonable chance to break the to break the streak, and they didn't do it. Crazy things would happen, or the Packers would just, you know, the, the curse would be extended. And so there was no reason to think that yesterday's game was anything other than a get-healthy game for the Packers. Lions were 1-7. They just fired their – they've already fired their offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, and then they – past week they fired the general manager and the, and the team president and probably the only reason Jim Caldwell didn't get fired is because they had to have somebody coach the team for the rest of the season and already fired half the offensive staff and there just physically wouldn't be enough people left so I don't know that anyone thought uh, the Lions had a chance they shouldn't have had a chance the Packers I mean to think that they had you know, it took them so long just to score a touchdown against the Lions defense has been terrible all year to think that their receivers basically got shut down man-to-man. None of those things could possibly have been projected, and that's why that was the, easily the craziest outcome of the weekend. And now, uh, oh, there you go. Go, Pat, go! Yeah, things are How going. How do you do that? Things are going well across the border. People are very upset, Kevin. And now they get to face the best, like you said, scoring defense in the NFL. And I've, I've tracked this down, you guys. Mike Zimmer defenses, going back to Cincinnati, uh, in terms of point, this is where, where his defenses have ranked in terms of points per game allowed. Sixth, 24th, ninth, eighth, fifth, 11th, and first. So always in the top 10 except for the one year in 2010 in, in Cincinnati and uh, in a couple times top five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of people look at yardage because that's the easiest way to do it, but that means absolutely nothing if, 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 right. if teams are scoring points. And so... Yeah, that's, uh, you know, people have talked about Peterson's return and, and Bridgewater's uh, inconsistency, but by far, to me, the, the story of this team has been the defense and how they, um, like I said, they make plays at every level. Yep. Thank you, Kevin. Right. Great stuff, Kev. Okay, guys. Talk to you next week. Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. Uh, we need to have an emergency accountability session when we come back here. Really? Yep. It's big stuff. Mackie and on, Judd. On me or you? Uh, I... Th- 
I think just on me, but maybe on both of us, and right. uh, you, you're going to have to be the judge on this one. I'm intrigued. Mackie and Judd now continue. Put your gang face on. Let's go. On 1500 ESPN. We've still got a couple weeks left for you to turn your beard into beer. It's No Shave November. You can head to any of the three town hall locations and make a donation to get your No Shave November beer card. That'll get you $2 pints the rest of the month. Still two weeks left to cash those in. Proceeds all benefit the Institute of Prostate and Urologic Cancers at the University of Minnesota. Details are at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword shave. And, of course, don't forget... To get to 1500ESPN.com and vote for your favorite Beard Brigade team, Team Mackie and Judd would have to be your favorite, clearly. Vote for us, would you? What you got there, Phil? All right. Emergency accountability session intrigued me. Yep, so we uh, we keep track of our predictions on Write That Down Now. And we do this for a reason, because there's no there's no point in making predictions and Write That Down on Friday if they're just going to go out into the ether and... Uh, not to be seen again. We should keep track of them, go back, and mostly laugh at how incorrect we were on these predictions, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Let's be honest. Especially me. Well, I said something on September 18th, and write that down. Okay. I said the Broncos in 2015 will remind us of the 2010 Minnesota Vikings. Now, the records are definitely different. The Broncos are, what are they, 7-2? and two? Yeah, they're 7-2. and two. Yeah, they've lost two games now. So they're... They're probably going to make the playoffs, although now, if Brock Osweiler is starting the rest of the year, who knows? They might just go into a tailspin. That's a really good defense, though. They can still win games with that defense if they can just score 17 points. Yes, much like the team here. But I present to you Mm -hmm. Brett Favre versus Peyton Manning in 2010. All right, you guys are going to have to be the judge and the jury on this. Do Do I get a base hit for this or not, okay? All right, go ahead. Peyton Manning, I'm going to go one by one here down the line for these numbers. Peyton Manning completion percentage. 60%, 59.9%. 60%, 59.9%. Brett Favre, 60.6%. Very okay. close. Within 1%, about a half percent off. Yep. Right? Brett Favre, touchdowns to interceptions. 11 touchdowns, 19 interceptions in 2010. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, 9 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So almost a 2-to-1 ratio of interceptions to touchdowns. He's right? at 17 already. Leads the league with 17 oh my gosh. in 9 games. Oh. Favre had a couple more games, but oh. uh, the totals are similar. All right. Quarterback rating, Peyton Manning, 67.6. Brett Favre, 69.9. Mm-hmm. So both slightly below mm-hmm. 70 quarterback ratings. Mm-hmm. Now, Brett Favre went 5-8. and eight. Peyton Manning went 7-2 and two because the Vikings didn't have a defense in 2010. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning has a defense that's been propping him up the whole season so far. I'm not sure how Dave feels about this. My initial inclination is to say, if you had said on September 18th that Peyton Manning's 2010 was going to be like Brett Favre's... Okay, but it's all inclusive. I think you're... The quarterback um, is a large part of did, why that prediction you say, was made. But didn't you say that the teams would be the same? Look at you. You do this all the time. Didn't don't you, you say that? No, it's this always is not. nitpicking the baseball on. whisperer, nitpicking these amazing no. predictions, okay, I prophetic call, predictions. I call BS right there. I'm the guy last week that defended you on Aaron Hicks and said that was a fantastic. Okay, that's true. You came on, that's true you did. You came Good on point. a day before he was <laughs> traded and said they're looking to shop him, and they traded him. And Harrigan's the guy that said, oh, no, you didn't do this. Oh, you use sources. I said, who cares? You were right. All I'm saying is if I want to split hairs here a little bit, which I need to because my batting average is so poor. Yeah, but your batting average isn't helped by decreasing mine. Like, just because you're hitting 150 oh, doesn't mean that when, down. Al- when Albert people Pujols... people down makes pop- me feel way better. All right, so you are you are the equivalent of... You are Aaron Hicks. No, you are Danny Santana scrapping for a single, rooting against 
Miguel Sano because if Miguel Sano pops up, then oh, hold on a second. That would mean that you're you're Sano, you're Luke Hughes, and I'm Santana. Okay, that's, How about that's that? probably more fitting. Yes, Dave. Yeah. I got to side a little bit more with Judd on this one. Now, Phil, there's still time. Come on. There's still time. Okay. If, if, if the tailspin happens and the Broncos say, even if they make the playoffs, but they make it as a wild card, you know, and get bounced in the first round. But if they end up still winning this division, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We cannot give it to you. But Judd is spot on. When you could have said Manning and Favre uh, will be identical, then you would have nailed it to this point. Yeah, but you'd at, be th- in- at this stage, we can't give it to you yet. I think I think in the description of that, write that down. I included a lot of Favre and Manning things. If but we go back didn't... and roll the tape, if we go back and roll the tape, there's but, a lot of Manning and Favre in that description. I had, guarantee. You. All you had to give us was the two names instead of the teams. Gosh, you guys, you failed to do so. So yeah. basically, if the Broncos don't lose their next five games, then you're not going to give me credit for this. Well, the two, you know, it's all about the little things. You yeah. know, isn't that what we heard all spring with Paul Mahler? It's attention to detail. It's, oh, I like it. And frankly, your attention to detail by just glossing over the quarterbacks, just saying, "Oh, Vikings and Broncos." You don't don't acknowledge the quarterbacks leading the teams. I think that's on you, Phil. It's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, it and it's your fault. Case. I mean, that is a prophetic prediction. You created this well, segment. They are identical you, players. You created both this 40. segment to pat yourself on the back and we won't have it. We will not have it. Look at you, Judd Zolgad sitting over here batting 130 on the season for write that down, just casting stones at his teammates. In the last two weeks, he's given you credit, Harrigan has, for nothing. He didn't want to give you the Hicks trade either. I gave you that. I'm very, very fair. I'm reasonable in hearing the arguments. I think you called the Hicks trade. How about, can we put up another one here? <laughs> How about the Titans will beat the Panthers this week? What about that one? Do I get can I get credit that, for that one? I was watching that game yesterday, <laughs> praying to God that wouldn't happen, so I didn't have to hear about it. It the was next close day. for a while. It was like yeah, seventeen to fourteen in the fourth quarter. I know. And then the Panthers went down and scored five touchdowns. Just follow after that. my lead and swing for the fences, baby. That was swinging. That I told you that. Just I swing for the fences. Basically, told you Peyton Manning would be unconscious at TCF Bank Stadium like Brett Favre was, and you guys aren't pathetic. giving me credit. It is sad to watch, though. It's so sad to watch. Yeah, it's bad. I, do, do we? Okay, let's talk quarterbacks when we come back here. I have one more thought on uh, state of the Broncos, and also a would you rather question involving Teddy Bridgewater. Not that would you look. You're ridiculous. You're 12 years old. Yes, I Thank am. You and Judd.